Hey guys, it's Kayla. It's Katie. And you're listening to Murder, Mayhem, and Merlot. Well, we're back at it. Back again. After an, a week, an extra week off. Yes. But we need it. Much needed. Yes. <laughs> Much needed rest. We, yes. we, we had a trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were in Memphis at St. Jude. My son, Lucas, who is nine, was diagnosed when he was three with brain and spinal cancer. And Katie is Lucas's cousin, obviously. So... Right. She took the trip with us for the first time. For the first time. She got to see St. Jude for the very first time. So that was emotional roller coaster. It sure was. I was convinced. I'm a cancer, so I'm just emotional. And <laughs> <laughs> I was convinced that I was going to cry when I walked in. I did not. It is a shocking trip, but I think that if you have the opportunity, which I I don't hope that anyone does. Well, they have tours and stuff. Right. You know, so if you get, I don't know if they still do them because of, since COVID. But right. Yeah. But if you have the opportunity to see St. Jude, 100% take it. I'm sorry if you do have to go because we know what that means. Mm -hmm. But if you do get the opportunity to go, it's very, I wasn't mm -hmm. struck like I thought I was going to be when I first saw like, you know, kids with no hair and the The first thing that hit me hard was I've never seen someone with a feeding tube. Period. I've oh, never okay. even seen an adult with a feeding tube in. So mm -hmm. I saw like a little. She's probably like two or something with a feeding tube. So that was yeah. the first time I'd ever seen Just playing. Yeah, that's yeah. the first time I've ever seen someone with a feeding tube. Period. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. it was a child. But what really hit me mm -hmm. was when we were in the waiting room for his scan, uh -huh. and then they had. In you know, every doctor's office has a toy section, and that's no exception, especially at St. Jude, in their waiting rooms. And there was a toy scan machine. Toy MRI machine. Yeah. yeah. And it was, yeah. that hit me probably the hardest of anything down there. Yeah, I have a picture of Lucas. He has, um, like, a, you know, Lilo and Stitch. Mm -hmm. He has a Stitch, like, stuffed animal that he got from, I think it's like a Cincy buddy. But he had a Stitch, and... I remember him putting the stitch on that toy MRI machine, and it that just it that that it hit, hit me. me. Yeah, yeah, it hit me hard when that I don't even over seeing all the kids. That hit me mm -hmm. the hardest out of anything. Yeah, because it's that's just normal. Their life that's yeah. just normal to them. Mm -hmm. Sure is, but it is. It was an amazing place. Mm -hmm. Emotionally. Taxing. Ta Very. Taxing. Emotionally taxing. Yeah. It's yeah. it's 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 pretty trying mm -hmm. on your on your heart. But Yes. But we're glad you went. Yeah. Glad I went. Yeah. So I'm just gonna get into our case today. Katie, do you know 
who Joyce Meyer is? I sure do. You do? I do. Okay. Why don't you tell everyone who Joyce Meyer is then? She's 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 a little TV preacher. <laughs> she's a televangelist. She's a little TV preacher. Yes. Yeah, so you know how they can be. Yeah, so she is. She is a pretty famous televangelist and author. She's written like tons of books. She preaches all over the world. And today she is tied to our story. Bet you didn't see that coming. But yeah, she (laughs) she is tied to our story today. In the early 2000s, Chris Coleman and his wife Sherry lived in the quiet town of Columbia, Illinois. They had two sons, Garrett and Gavin. Chris and Sherry met while they were both in the armed forces. Chris joined the Marines right after he graduated high school. He was a dog handler in the Marines, and at the age of 22, he met Sherry Weiss. Sherry was 21 and was an MP in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. They met at a canine training seminar. They were together for a few months, and then Sherry got pregnant. Yes. (laughs) The two decided to get married. Chris's parents, Ron and Connie, were pretty shocked when Chris called them up to say that him and his girlfriend, whom he had just been dating, you know, for a few months, so like not that long, had driven up to Chicago to get married. I'm having your baby. (laughs) Chris came from a pretty religious family. His parents were co-pastors at their church in Monroe County, Illinois. Joyce Meyer had known Chris and his family since he was a little boy, so she offered him a job with her security team, and he became her personal bodyguard. The job paid over 100000 a year. Well, damn. Yeah. It was a big job, and he got to travel all around the world with Joyce. And that's basically how life was going up until mid-November of 2008. As we know, celebrities often get hate mail, Mm -hmm. some of which can be threatening in nature. Some of these even turn (laughs) stalkerish, hence the need for security. Security. Chris regularly had to deal with Joyce getting letters and threats from people. But one email was different, and that was because it wasn't directed at Joyce, but at Chris. The email read, tell Joyce to stop preaching the bullshit or Chris's family will die. If I can't get to Joyce, then I will get to someone close to her. And if I can't get to him, then I will kill his wife and kids. I know Joyce's schedule, so then I know Chris's schedule. That wasn't the last email that would be targeted at Chris. Who gives a shit about the bodyguard? <laughs> well, that's exactly what I was... That's that's going to be my next point. <laughs> Who cares? Um, yeah, I know. That wasn't the last email that Chris would get that was targeted towards him. One email said, Tell Chris his family is dead. I know his schedule and they will die. Next time that motherfucker will let me talk to Joyce. Then another one said, Deny your God publicly or else. No more opportunities. Time is running out for you and your family. And just like the point you brought up, everyone thought this was pretty weird because why would you target someone who works for Joyce? Yeah. It just didn't make sense. Chris initially reported this to police, but the threats kept coming. And this time it was closer to home. In January of 2009, which was a couple of months after the initial emails started coming in, Chris received a letter in his mailbox. But the most chilling part of this was the fact that it hadn't been mailed. 
it had been placed in there, which meant their stalker knew exactly where his family lived. And when that letter was placed in the mailbox, Chris wasn't home. He had been traveling with Joyce in Hawaii. Again, Chris filed a police report. All of the threatening emails and letters had the same message. Comply with what they wanted or Chris and his family were going to die. While police made extra patrols around the Coleman's neighborhood, Chris came up with a plan and thankfully he had a neighbor who was the perfect person to help. Chris's neighbor across the street, Justin Barlow, was a detective sergeant for the Columbia Police. Detective Barlow set a camera out that was facing Chris's mailbox. So if their stalker were to put another letter in there, they'd get him on camera. However, nothing came of it. The camera didn't catch anyone, and the police never saw anything out of the usual during their patrols. In late April, the Colemans received another threatening letter. This time, the stalker made it clear that this would be their last warning, that they were always watching, and the Colemans' worst nightmare was about to happen. At 5.43 a.m. on May 5th, 2009, Chris left for the gym across the river in another town. Around 6.45 a.m., he called Sherry's cell phone but didn't get an answer. He texted her, but no reply. He tried calling again while he was on his way home, but nothing. No answer. So he called and asked Justin Barlow, the detective, to just go check on her and the kids. Chris also called the police to go check as well. Detective Barlow and the police look around the house and find a basement window was open. They climb through and start making their way through the house. The first thing they see is spray paint. Lots and lots of spray paint. Words that had been spray painted on the walls said, Punished, you have paid, and I am always watching. When they made it to the bedrooms, they found a gruesome scene. 31-year-old Sherry, 11-year-old Garrett, and 9-year-old Gavin had been brutally murdered in their beds. Ligature marks on their necks indicated that they had been strangled. Sherry had three ligature marks, which indicated that she fought her attacker. She also had a black eye, and one of the boys had also been spray-painted. Like, he had spray paint across his body. The fuck? Yeah, it, it didn't make sense. No. Chris arrived home around 7 a.m. By that time, like, they had called for backup. Other police had showed up. Had shown up. Police kept Chris out of the house while they searched for clues and investigated the crime scene. Justin, Detective Barlow, mm-hmm. and the other police officer who found them relayed the news to Chris that his family was dead. Chris sat in the front yard with his head in his hands. Of course, the police's first suspect was whoever had been sending those threatening emails and letters, but they were a little in over their heads. This was a gruesome crime scene. And not something this small police department was used to handling. Mm -hmm. So they called in reinforcements from surrounding police departments and the FBI. The thought crossed their minds that they could be dealing with a serial killer. I mean, just think of the crime scene. I mean, spray paint on the walls, you know, a family massacred. It was giving Charles Manson a little bit, you know. like you You would think like, oh, the spray paint maybe is a signature. This is going to pop up again. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Even though they obviously wanted to find who the stalker was, they didn't rule Chris out. You always suspect the spouse in these situations. Of course. Yeah, like that's usually the first person they look at is the spouse. But the fact that Chris had scratches on his arms and 
how he was acting outside of the house was suspicious to them. He didn't fight to get in the house. Like, if it were my kids and my spouse, you'd have to tranquilize me mm-hmm. to keep me from getting into that house to them. Like, mm-hmm. I could, just the just the just that thought. Like, I could imagine exactly how you'd be. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Chris didn't fight. He didn't fight them on it. He also didn't ask how they died. He just sat in the yard. So police start looking for digital clues. They start with Chris's work laptop. And what they find was shocking. The emails and letters that Chris was receiving threatening his family came straight from that laptop. I love love when they're dumb. I love when they're (laughs) stupid. They were sent from inside of the Coleman's house. It's always a win when they're an idiot. Right. (laughs) Makes it easy. Dumbass. (laughs) Yeah. Police realized that there had not been a stalker, but it had been Chris Coleman this entire time. And Chris was now their number one suspect. The stalker and Chris, not two different people. Nope. Same guy. (laughs) Same Same guy. guy. But why? Why would Chris make all of this up? Why did he come up with this elaborate scheme? There's always one reason for these men. Oh, Katie. Buckle up, buttercups. It's always... It's always one reason. <laughs> Chris gets taken in for questioning. After searching his laptop, police then search both Sherry and Chris's phones. And they soon discover that the two were having marital problems. Text messages from Sherry's phone to a friend revealed that Chris wanted a divorce and that he had told Sherry that her and the kids were in the way of his job. There were also reports that said Sherry had told another friend that if something happened to her, Chris did it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, a little bit. What they learned from Chris's phone may not come as a shock to you. Chris was also having an affair. what I say? what I say? It's only one reason for these guys. Mm-hmm. But not just with anyone. Chris was having an affair with Sherry's best friend from high school. Her name was... Yeah. Your face. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. He's a freaking bum. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's that's the um, nicest way. Nicest thing. Nicest way you could put that. He's a bum. Mm-hmm. Tara Lentz lived in Saint Petersburg, Florida, and she was a cocktail waitress. Chris, of course, denies this up and down, and says that they were just friends. What Chris was unaware of, though, was that while he was being questioned, so was Tara mm. in Florida. They're always just a friend. Always. And Tara didn't hold back. You know all those trips he was taking with Joyce? Tara. Well, yeah. So was Tara. (laughs) (laughs) They found tons of nude pictures and videos of the two while on these trips. Ew. Yeah. They took nudes, like, together? Well, there's a video of them two on a trip together, and they're, like, basically completely nude. Just in the bathroom talking. Shooting the shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but, I'm, I'm but not they, married or any. I mean, but they're not married either. So like, no, they they had been sending sending nude photos back and forth for years. <laughs> so years. Oh yeah, this affair started in like 2008. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So, <laughs> well, it's even reported that it started earlier than that. That's why I said years. But yeah, it, it had been going on for for a hot minute. And he probably met this woman through his wife. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah. It was obvious that Chris was leading a double life. On Chris's computer, they found all these details about Tara. Her ring size and even the name Zoe, which 
was the name that they wanted to name their future child. Chris wanted to marry this woman and to start a family with her. Autopsy revealed that Sherry, Garrett, and Gavin were killed before 3 a.m., which was a couple of hours before Chris left for the gym. Hmm. And by the way, you know, Detective Barlow's camera is what caught Chris leaving the house at that time, at 5, like around 545 Mm -hmm. that morning. He couldn't even deny it if he wanted to. Right. Which I find humorous, if there's any humor to find in this, because it was his grand plan to put this camera up to catch the stalker, and it comes back to bite him in the ass. It's just great when they're stupid. It is. Police also tracked Chris's whereabouts the morning of the murders. They were trying to see if Chris took the same route he normally would to go to the gym. They found that Chris took a longer route home on the morning of the murders. Now, why would he do that if he was so anxious to get home and see if his family was okay? Make it make sense because the math ain't math in here. Mm-mm. Not no. at all. You're worried. You're calling your wife. She's not answering. And you're so frantic, but... You take a longer take way home. You take a long way home? No. I'm sorry. I'm not going for a little cruise no. if my spouse <laughs> yeah. ain't answering. Yeah, no. I'm doing 120 down the road mm-hmm. despite the speed limit and taking the quickest route possible. Yep. With all of this evidence piled against him, police formally arrest Chris on May 19th, 2009, at his parents' home with three counts of first-degree murder. Bye, Chris. (laughs) Trial began on April 25th, 2011. Prosecution brought all of their evidence, the emails he fabricated, the letters, you know, his affair, the route he took home camera footage of him leaving yeah all that they brought all of that with them they also included a detective who said she found a receipt for red spray paint in the coleman's house which by the way the spray paint on the walls guess what color it was red ding 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 i knew it wasn't yellow (laughs) (laughs) they basically said that chris was afraid of losing his job if he got divorced joyce meyer gave a testimony that said they hire plenty of people who are divorced But the affair is what would have gotten him fired. I mean... Which, that's legit. Yeah. You know? (laughs) They put Tara on the stand, who testified that Chris had every intention of leaving his wife for her, and that he was going to serve Sherry with divorce papers in May. Defense basically said that someone had hacked Chris's computer and had snuck into the home the morning of the murders, which that does, like, the camera that was set up at Detective Barlow's house doesn't show anyone sneaking into right they don't you know sneaking into the family's home they don't detect anyone else the only thing that's on that camera is chris leaving the home around four it was like it was like 5 43 mm-hmm. 5 45 that morning that's the only thing what are they a ninja killed his entire family and the yeah. ninja was also a professional hacker they just think it was some dude or some person in the sh- in the shadows just waiting. I mean that that they might as well have said that a ninja that was yeah. a professional hacker killed his family mm-hmm. and then hacked his computer. Stupid, stupid, stupid. The jury deliberated for about two days. It was like it was fifteen hours in two days total. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The verdict was guilty on all three counts of first degree murder. Chris waived his right to be sentenced by the jury, which left the decision up to the judge. Judge Wharton sentenced Chris to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Chris's attorneys tried to appeal his sentence in 2015, but a judge upheld it. Chris 
maintains that he is innocent to this day and insists that he was set up. And if you're wondering, which you're probably not, but I'm going to tell you anyways, what Chris's parents think about all of this, well, Chris's parents also insist that he's innocent. In an interview with Crime Watch Daily, Chris's dad said it would take a really sick individual to strangle your entire family. That person would really have to have problems and that Chris just didn't have those problems. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you're not going to be laughing after I tell you this, okay? You're not. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. You're just laughing at the absurdity of it all. I I know. I know. I know. The evidence against him and his dad's like, Mm-mm. Yeah, his both of his parents are like, no. <laughs> uh, but it gets worse. So hold on. It gets worse. <laughs> and what his dad says about the affair, Katie, um, boy, oh boy. His father says in the same interview, and I quote, I can't I can't hardly say this without like gagging. Anyways, he said, and I quote, Tara was just meeting a need at the time that Sherry wasn't taking care of. And when they pressed him by what that meant, he said, well, I mean, every man has his desires and every man has to be respected. It's built into every man. If your wife doesn't respect you, then you're going to find respect someplace else. Just that at that short, brief time, she stepped back from doing her job as a wife. (laughs) Yeah. The fury that ran through my body. like. I'm sorry, your opinion is shit, and you're also in denial about your son. Period. What a misogynistic pig. Yeah. What the hell? Mm-hmm. I, mm, I, there is no excuse for your son's affair. No. None. Or his behavior. Like, you, I get that's your son, and you want to believe he's innocent, but to defend his affair and blame it on... Sherry is appalling. Who is a murdered woman, by the way. Yeah. And who is also the mother of your two murdered grandkids. Yeah. It's, I, I, oh, I can't even. I can't even. <laughs> I don't, there's not enough foul language to describe that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a, he's a preacher. Like, him and his wife both, you know, they're co-pastors, as I said earlier. And, yeah. I'm a, um. I wouldn't have believed this. Like, I read this, right? I had to go and find the interview just to make sure that's what he said. And he 100% did. Like, he said it with his entire chest. I'm going to bow out on a comment on the last um, little bit of information you shared. But, um. Okay. (laughs) I ain't trying to hurt no feelings, but. You're not trying to hurt a feeling? (laughs) That's new. (laughs) That's growth. So, yeah, uh, Chris is still in prison. He was originally at Pontiac Correctional Center in Illinois, but was moved to Dodge Correctional Institution in Wisconsin due to safety reasons. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask your thoughts, but uh, but you're raring to go. So you just. <laughs> um, so they care about his safety. That's lovely. Uh-huh. Uh, good for them. But. In the same hand, uh, he didn't give a shit. Not one. Not a single, not a small, not a big, 
not a, a dingleberry shit, not even that small of a shit about his family's safety, children, his wife. And again, let me reiterate, children, he didn't give a shit about their safety. So much so that he took them out of this world with his own hands. Mm -hmm. He killed his entire family with his bare fucking hands and then spray painted on one of his kids after he killed them. So I feel like we, in turn, just doing him a favor, you know, you should treat others as you want to be treated. And he's shown us how he wanted to be treated. So maybe we just shouldn't give a shit about his safety. Well, after that little rant, I will tell you that that's probably how most people feel about violent crimes. But that's not how our judicial system works, unfortunately. You know, some people (laughs) just should have the exact same thing done to them that they did to someone else. I agree. But like pedophiles? Alas. Yeah, I know. (laughs) People that hurt kids in general kill Mm -hmm. them? Don't get me on that. Don't give me all that You should definitely become somebody's pocket bitch in prison. Right. You know? Mm, I don't know. Little bunny ear action while he's walking down oh the hallways God. in prison. You know what I'm saying? But, um, <sighs> so, that's it. I think that this is, you know, family, what, what Chris is, is a family annihilator. We see this all the time. You know, it's it's more like there's case after case of a family family annihilators. What is it with the name Chris and family annihilators? You know, I mean, like, <laughs> you have a point. <laughs> you have a point. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know, like if if it's just like a midlife crisis mixed with severe mental, like mental issues, mental health issues, and it just implodes. But like, divorce is legal. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if it's like a shame thing, like Chris, like he was so apparently so worried he was going to lose his job with Joyce Meyer if he got a divorce. But my guy, like, if you wanted to be with Tara so bad, just go, just go, you know. And and I never get what I don't understand him killing or any family annihilators, like anybody killing their spouse because they're having an affair and they want to be with that mm-hmm. person. I don't understand that. On an even deeper level, though. I don't understand why the entire family, why the kids, they have nothing to do with your marriage. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Why? He just wanted, I mean, in I mean, his it's head, like they have to delete their whole life. Yeah, in and his just head, leave. he wanted to start a whole new life with his mistress. If you want to be a POS dad and just get a divorce and never see your kids again, then do that. Mm-hmm. Just do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I would rather your kids go to therapy and be alive than not. Yeah. I don't know. I you mean, know, you, can't, I you, can't, you can't get in their mind. No, I, mean, it's I just, don't understand. I mean, I hate that understand. for the kids. I don't want that for any child, but I'd rather that than them be killed. I know. You know? Yeah. Mm-mm. But that's, I don't understand them. I know. But that's where we are. So. Don't marry was, a Chris. Well, my if, uncle Chris I was going to say, okay. if your uncle I have an uncle Chris. This? He's cool. Um, but... <laughs> All the other ones don't. I mean, I've known I've known some creepy. I'm scared of them now. Creepy Chris's. I, I know. I know more than one man named Chris that was a family annihilator. So I don't. <laughs> yeah. So next week will be your episode. Hmm. 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 You know what you're doing. I do. Okay. Awesome. Yay. I do I do? I'm bringing us right back here. Back to Tennessee. Back. You're- I mean, right here in Tennessee. Well, in my backyard. Oh, 
in Hawkins County? You know who I'm doing. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. You yes. You know who I'm doing. I know. I'm bringing us right here. I have to be oh, careful. Guys. With these, we have to be careful. Guys, especially if you're from East Tennessee and you're listening, you're gonna, you're definitely gonna want to listen to next week's episode. Now that I remember what she's doing, it's gonna, you're gonna want to listen. It's been big news here for a long time. Yep. Um, and it was also it also made national. I mean, yeah, it was national news. Yeah, and it, you know, it's still still an open active case. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I just have to be. Um, we both have to be very careful with what we say. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. I wish that I could share my opinion on what happened, but it's not going to be a case where we are able to do that. Just all facts, no printer. Yeah. But that's I learned that on TikTok. Be. All facts, no printer. So I like it. I like it. I do. <laughs> but so. anyways, guys, we will see you next week. Me and the Easter Bunny about to have a meeting. So <laughs> uh, at the time of this recording, um, Easter, it's Saturday and Easter is the next is tomorrow. So, yeah, me and the East Brownies got to have to have a little talk and meeting. And, yeah, so we'll see you next week. All right. Well, let's go talk to the Easter Bunny. Let's go. Bye, guys. Bye. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. If you celebrate it. All of the sources we used for this episode will be linked in our show notes. We'd like to thank Mikey Kinley for audio and editing and our friend Avalyn Yulaberry for our cover art. Make sure to like and follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram. Our Instagram is M3Podcast and you can find us on Facebook under the name of our podcast which is Murder, Mayhem, and Merlot. <laughs>